0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Greetings and welcome into a new week. March 21st, 2022. It is 6.09 and right now... Weirdly warm outside and very windy. 61 degrees Mark, in the capital this? city. What? Who's this huh? guy? Who, just, who, who I, I ran into no, our studio? I have no idea. I am. Uh, I am back. I am refreshed. Oh, it's Jackie. Got a tan. And I am. Uh, I am ready to go. Ready to go. As ready to go as possible. It is Jack. And wow. uh, thank you to everyone who allowed me to be able to take a week off Uh, i know that is uh it's a lot of extra work for a lot of people so caleb mark thank you very much good morning good morning it's always it's always nice to get the full team back together after we haven't been together for a little while so thank you for everything you did it looks like you didn't burn the place down while i was gone so i appreciate that
2: Nope, your uh, the the invoice is in your mailbox. Great. It
1: it all it is always you know one of the one of the interesting things uh, when you're not in studio during a show. We all still get alerts <laughs> on our phones for the text line, <laughs> and then trying to reverse construct what's going on the show <laughs> based upon what's happening on the text line is always a a fascinating experience. Uh, so I tried to do that a few times. I checked every morning. I checked the Munch Madness bracket. Fascinated to see that. Very much missed being here for Caleb's reveals during his sportscasts. Uh, missed kind of knowing what's going on here. I, I mean, what did I miss? Did I have, uh, I mean, what, what do we got going on right now? We got, we got Fortinberry on trial in California. Mm-hmm, we got, mm-hmm. Uh, we got weird weather while I was gone. <laughs> I mean, one day it's it's warmer in Lincoln than where I was on the beach. Oh yeah. The next day, snow is possible here. It sounds like, and then it sounds like we got another uh, crazy week of weather coming our way this week. Um, you know, I'll, uh, there's a lot of stuff. like what give me the give me the quick briefing on what I need to know to get back up to date. To get me back on the ground running here for my next uh, show.
2: Women's basketball season is done. I did hear that. Um, I, I listened to that while while we were on the beach. Depending on the inning, Nebraska baseball can't hit or pitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that, that, Every men's sport in Nebraska
1: seems to have the same season, which is disappointing. Not ideal. No. Um,
2: we did have a, a two-seed go out in Munch Madness last week Ooh. Um, in Ooh. the oven. The oven went down. The oven ya. went down, to Hell, yeah. Hell,
1: yeah.
2: Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That, good. Right? Okay.
1: Good.
3: Anything else? Is that um, about it? Doc Sadler's gone. Doc Sadler's gone. Yeah, yeah, a couple gone. of coaches
2: gone. Trevor okay. Lakes is in the transfer portal. Okay. Um, yeah. Had my dad on the uh Friday. Yeah, I heard. Friday.
1: I heard. Go, going on the fishing trip. Uh, sounds like we got a lot going on right now.
2: And this week,
1: uh, we've got, with Elton John coming here Sunday, we are looking to uh, give away a couple of spots to join me up in the KLIN Loge Box for the Elton John concert.
2: (laughs) Is that safe for somebody to be up there with you? I mean, if you don't mind me singing along, (laughs) I mean, you
1: know what you're going to get with me. So you're, I mean, the contest is voluntary. Right. Right. You can opt into the contest. You do not need... You're not compelled to be in the con- contest if you. That's not something you'd like to to do with me. Again, provided Elton John makes it through one more week,
2: right? Got to get <laughs> you here. Got to get here, Elton. <laughs> oh, it's Elton. almost there.
1: Just the bubble everywhere. You know, wear your seatbelt. All of those those sorts of things. Uh, so we're going to be doing that throughout the week. We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. Uh, boy, yeah. But I had. A, I'll tell you what. Just just real quickly. Um, uh i had i didn't realize you know i always people always talked about like the gulf coast in texas and i was like oh yeah that's probably just like probably feels very texasy Ooh. you know i did not realize how like beachy it felt how you know florida mexico i don't know about caribbean but i mean it really does feel beachy and it was it was great i would i would absolutely go there again like the only the only downside we were in the Galveston on Galveston Island um we had a place on the west side of of Galveston Island I had never been there before we drove all the way down there
3: that's a long drive ladies <laughs> and gentlemen and you know what um, over half of your trip was in Texas uh
1: yeah it was a, it was a lot of Texas driving driving through Houston and particularly Dallas is not a pleasurable experience I can I can confirm that for you now um we got all the way the first first day on the way back we said we're getting through both houston and dallas then we're just stopping somewhere in oklahoma to to stay and and probably at
3: the casino right across the border
1: we were uh we went i can't even remember the name in in oklahoma that we stay well this oklahoma area we stayed in was right we stopped at the exit right after the place where tiger king happened the the with the tiger king park on netflix (laughs) yeah ardmore is where we stayed yes that's right look at you uh but they are all i mean they're all trying to monetize the tiger king ardmore had set up its own exotic animals exhibit with a big tiger on the billboard they had like tiger liquor store they have all this all this stuff they're trying to cash in on the on the tiger king situation but no galveston was i'll go to galveston again i mean pretty affordable a very like i said very sort of beachy feeling but then the the you know the the east side of the island is real touristy but like in a nice like a a beach town would be but on the west side it's just all residential all these little cottages you walk to the beach we get got a rented a golf cart we i golf carted everywhere it was like a dream come true you just jump in your golf cart and drive around uh drive around the town in the residential areas uh signs up warning of rattlesnakes and alligators didn't ever see one
3: uh, but I was a little concerned about that. They both knew what they 'd dealing with. if They yeah. got a hold of you.
2: And then all of the... Uh, <laughs> this <all> guy's <laughs> dealt with Lincoln foxes. We yeah. ain't messing with that All guy. of the he's, natives
3: he's, were... He's, uh, you know, had a standoff with a Canadian goose. That's right. <laughs> After I've been
1: through the wildlife in Lincoln, uh, that seems like a step down in intensity for me. And then, you know, all the natives were complaining about how cold it was, um, which, like I said, a couple of the days it was colder, cooler there than it was here in, in Lincoln. But... Uh, it's still, it was still, you know, going to the beach when it's cold, not cold, cool, 68, 70 ish is actually nice because you don't feel like you've got to avoid the sun all the time. The sun is like a good thing because that, that keeps you warm. And so you don't have to worry about constantly being under an umbrella or being in the shade or, or doing that sort of stuff. So we had a great time. It was, uh, it was much needed. It was the longest driving vacation. It was the, it was the true American family. Na- you know, National Lampoons, Clark Griswold style, load up the car, <laughs> Drive all the way, drive all the way down. Went down to any a,
2: convertibles oh. go by you on the road. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, didn't notice
1: that <laughs> nothing exciting at the hotel happened. No, <laughs> very straightforward. We did. And we went on the way down. We stopped at Oklahoma City and we saw uh, Oklahoma City Thunder game. Isaiah Roby, of course, in true me seeing a basketball game fashion, Isaiah Roby got three fouls in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> didn't score a point for like the second time this year. The entire game, um, but NBA games are NBA games are crazy. Like, I'm beginning it, to think you're just the curse. I may be. NBA games are so. It had been years since I'd been to an NBA game in person. Uh-huh. There, I mean, there is always something happening. You, you, I guess you can probably tell this on TV if you watch an NBA game, but maybe not. But they're playing music cunt, like they don't stop. The DJ does not stop once play starts during an nba game so there's always music and things going on in the background there's all like the dance team is always performing constantly the entire time there's something always going on to keep your attention even if the action on the floor doesn't but uh had a fun time with that Um, my bracket is completely busted (laughs) Um, i think a lot of people's probably are uh it uh, continued to take hits last night. So anyway, so uh so that's where we are. So uh, glad to glad to be back. Got a good show for you today. Much madness results here in about 10 minutes. Uh we're going to have our sound off. Uh we are going to talk to uh Liz Shay McCoy coming up at 7:10 this morning. Uh, she's part of this group, heading up this group, to try and save the Pershing Mural. We've talked about this a few times, and they've got to raise some dough here uh, in a short period of time to be able to save this thing. So we're going to hear about that effort today at 710. We'll have Tim Ruza in here. He'll get us uh, the latest on what's going on in the legislature. Don't uh, worry.
2: Last week with Tim, we talked a lot of daylight saving time.
1: Yeah, that was a major that was a major bit of news here while I was gone. I actually heard that while we were driving out. I listened to that interview. <laughs> while i was while i was driving out but since then obviously you guys talked about this i'm sure the federal government has yep. acted on this too people who are people who are complaining about this come on this is great this is absolutely the right call on this thing don't don't be scared of change in the right direction <laughs> i think i am very happy be that careful of what you wish for. i wish for i wish for not four thirty. The, oh, there's one thing i
3: wish for not four thirty darkness in december well um, then, then move the start time to five a m oh, of your business
1: well okay, my my business does start at five a m no, it starts at six, okay, well,
2: my business is twenty four hours yeah,
1: yeah well <laughs> uh so anyway, you're important, so I think that 's everything that i that i've got to uh summarize and get myself caught up here. Uh, Mark, what else is going on today? Oh, we
3: had a two-alarm uh, apartment house fire. It was a converted home, 1934 F Street. Oh, jeez. Pretty extensive damage. Everybody displaced on that one. Had to evacuate the houses on each side as well as a precaution. Um, day three of the, uh, or day four, actually, of the trial of uh, Jeff Fortenberry gets underway today in Los Angeles today. Um, Paul Hamill really goes into an extensive summary of Fridays. At uh, We've got the link at klan.com. On how the money was funneled from whom to whom what the cause was and then uh, talks about uh, how the defense uh, caught the fbi in a little faux pas and things like that so okay that's that's going to get interesting supreme court uh, nominee starts hearings today Katanji
1: brown jackson Uh, they do all their like opening statements the senator's get to do their little shield for the camera and she gets to do her opening statement today Uh, and uh,
3: the dark money starting to show up in the gubernatorial race. Ooh, that sounds That's, very sinister. Yeah, um, the, the gloves have come off with the dark money targeting uh, Herbster, Charles W. Herbster, and Brett Lindstrom. I did see uh, I did see a
1: story uh, that had, I think it was from the Examiner, that had yep. some internal polling that showed Herbster's in the lead, and Pillen, Lindstrom and, and, and Pillen are a dead, dead heat, heat in second.
3: That's right. Hmm. And uh, Aaron Sandiford with the Nebraska Examiner has got the uh, most detailed story I've seen on this dark money and the targets uh, the money that's targeting Herbster funded in part six hundred thousand worth from I Joe and Pete. Yeah, I was going to say I I didn't need a multiple yeah. choice one to guess that. <laughs> no, so uh, not exactly sure who's targeting Lindstrom at this point, but okay. uh, those and, and those TV ads hit about an hour apart on Friday. Okay, that that's a little strange because there's not supposed to be coordination. Oh, I
1: look up at the TV, and there we go, and there is a uh, there's a Herbster ad going on right now. Uh, the big sign that says Jim Pillen is the problem. Yep. Huh.
3: Okay, and of course this is severe weather awareness week, so we'll be looking at that. I, Should be a, a tornado uh, drill ten a.m. Wednesday, it, unless weather is severe.
1: And I. Uh, well, and who knows? It sounds like we could be getting some more rain here in the middle of the week. But sounds like some of the predictions are that this could be a maybe an active severe weather season in the spring, which we really haven't had for a couple of years. Yeah.
3: But then, you know, some of the initial thoughts that we're going to have a pretty heavy, heavy winter, too
1: yeah that's true. that's true, but seventy today before we cool down quite a bit here for the next two days with uh rainy cloudy skies before we get they actually up there had over
3: rain. an inch on Friday Who? that's overnight, what I saw overnight, overnight
1: Thursday you know into what Friday. we needed the rain yes we did We needed the rain.
2: The other thing that happened since you left is there will be an NFL player older than you this next year
1: Tom Brady back yes Tom Brady is back and uh Nebraska men's basketball gets a uh, transfer. Uh, a Lincoln kid, a Lincoln East kid, in fact, in mm-hmm. Sam Greasel coming over from North Dakota State and going to join the Huskers. There has I-
2: not been an East grad suit up for Nebraska ball in my lifetime.
1: That's crazy. It was the late '80s, and you you got this for me. I was wondering aloud on on Twitter and and asking East actually, but uh, Jed Bargain was the last uh, was the last East grad to suit up in in '88 '89. One of my early years of cheering on Nebraska basketball, and he didn't get a ton of playing time i knew his younger brother he saw
2: 11 games limited action yeah
1: yeah absolutely so uh is coming over and so that'll be be interesting to see how they use him if they kind of he kind of was a point guard type at the end of the year for north Mm -hmm. dakota state when i when i watch them a pretty decent score or two so it'll be great to add uh add a nebraskan to the squad now we kind of wait to see what happens with the rest of the team and who's coming and who's staying. Obviously, some coaching changes there, and and kind of the same thing for the women's team too, uh, where there are some questions. Some people could leave or stay. It's still a little bit early for that. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see uh, some of the results in the women's tournament? Iowa goes down to Creighton. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've uh, I don't normally take a lot of joy in Creighton victories, but man, it was hard hard not to chuckle a little bit when I heard that score.
2: Oh, there there was a little bit. We all let the J-scur out just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I did. We all let it, it out just it's, a little bit. It's
1: okay in, in certain circumstances. Yep. We and were very a, selective. A former Iowa I- player buries yeah. them. Oh, my gosh. And then the Iowa coach comes out, and she complains about the officiating. I was like, that is rich. Yes. That is rich after what? Like so when Nebraska played
3: there. I was on a flight last yesterday afternoon from Dallas. We'd spent the weekend in Dallas, and a lot of Creighton folks that had been oh, at yeah. the game in Fort Worth, and they were... Uh, you know, anticipating the uh,
1: come on out to, uh, to the beach house, <laughs> Good little drive, come out and join us. I didn't know you I, were going to do that. I had more
3: important people to see. Oh, and
1: what, what what kind of a city puts their interstate right through the middle of downtown? There's ways Jeez. to go around it. Oh yeah, well yeah. If you want to drive an extra twenty minutes, holy cow. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm back, ready to go. Thank you uh, to everyone who made it possible for me to be on vacation. Let's get some sports, and let's get some much madness results. Coming up next after this on KLIN. Waking
0: up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN.
3: Miss Brittany Foster.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today.
1: All right, six thirty six. LNK today with Jack and friends on KLI. And what is happening with Taco Inn? Okay, the it is no. I, I listen and don't get me wrong. I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars. At Taco Inn over the years, and will continue. Sir, it's so. a
2: it's a Lincoln original, and okay. and the, uh, absolutely uh, But they did
1: get into the field on kind of a, a fluky situation.
2: It's not fluky. We allow all of us a sponsors exemption. That's They're not fluky. Par- and
1: and and Kenny Kenny Larrabee, who is our great, uh, does all kinds of stuff for us, and including he was our video producer for the Munch Madness Selection Show. We wanted to include him in, in giving him someone and he said, You know, I go to Taco Inn a lot. I like that place. And we were like, Well, do you want to give it to them? And he was like, Okay, sure. <laughs> and he did. And it and so we just didn't uh, I and so we did and so now I don't know what's happening exactly. And I know, yes, you can, again, it's just not the uh, I don't know how to say this without coming off incorrectly. Or uh, or, or because again, go there a lot. Like the place, we'll continue to go there a lot. Just doesn't seem like the place I would have expected to make a Munch Madness run over HF Crave and Ticos. HF Crave, previous champion. HF Crave, previous finalist last year. Ticos, one of the longest running restaurants in town, very popular. And now they move on and take on Misty's. And Misty's has had a couple I, of battles. I don't. Um, Is there an effort afoot? I'm just asking this question. Is there an effort afoot to push Taco in through this bracket for reasons that are
2: nefarious? No. I I believe in our voters. I believe in our listeners. I believe in the people. Can you tell me that, do you have the,
1: I don't, you don't need to read them, but do you have the raw numbers of the votes?
2: Oh yeah. Is there I'm, anything I'm, weird going on? No. Okay. No. The right. the the votes are all like all right. like it, it. I mean, it would look super weird if all of a sudden Taco Win was getting like thousands more votes. Okay. Okay. I, not I will not
1: bring that up again then. I will not bring that up again. So d- here are the the third round matchups that are set so far. Northwest Savory sixteen. Savory sixteen. Laszlo's and Leadbelly. Great matchup there. Don't know don't know what's going to happen there. Great matchup. Uh, Northwest Toast and Heoya. really good matchup there. I I thought the oven would knock Haoya off, but but that's a I mean, that's a reasonable uh, result. Uh, Muchachos and Hacienda Real, Hacienda Real going through is a thirteen seed. Uh-huh. Um, love that matchup. That's a good one. Paisanos and Green Gato. That is a, a battle of titans in the Southwest. And now you've set up, uh, as you mentioned, Misty's versus Taco Inn. And that leaves three days of voting in the second round. Voting today, as you mentioned, La Paz versus Isles Pub and Pizza. Huge matchup there. Uh-huh. Engine House Cafe versus Honest Abes is today finishing out the Northeast. I went to Engine House matchup. last week. Is Honest Abes, Engine House has won this tournament for Honest Abes? Let's be honest, underperformed in this tournament over the years. Is this the year that ends? And then you go down to the southeast, which will be a tomorrow's votes. Norm's on 48th, which I'm sure you guys talked about that last week, but they've continued the marquee wars after taking out Momo. Now they're going after Stoffers on the marquee. Yep. Uh, their marquee says something to the effect of Stoffers doesn't sell beer. We do. Vote for us in Much Madness. Yep. Then Denton Daily Double and Cactus Cantina. No idea what to do with that one. <laughs> no idea what to do with that one. Press Box versus Fireworks. Penelope's Lil Cafe, uh, which was the little engine that could last year, goes up against Venue. And those are the remaining second-round matchups in Munch Madness, brought to you by the University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. One and, more, And I do want to mention this now, now that we're on. We didn't want to confuse you at the outset of this between the voting and the miscongeniality portion mm-hmm. of this. But keep in mind, if you're supporting any of the restaurants that have are no longer in the bracket, if you are one of the restaurants or own one of the restaurants that are still in the bracket— there is still a lot to be gained yeah. for you by having your patrons, your friends, yourself, if you want to, go to klin.com and click on the Ride United link right in the Munch Madness page, where you can make a donation to United Way's partnership with DoorDash and Food Bank of Lincoln, um, helping food insecure people who happen to be immobile in the capital city and nearby areas in Lancaster County. Make a donate uh, in the name of your favorite restaurant, and the restaurant that ends up with the most donations in their name is going to get a great marketing package for free here on KLIN to get some exposure. Soulful Casino took an early lead on this at the very beginning, um, and I know we haven't pumped it a lot. We're going to start pumping it again here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Soulful Casino still at the top. Yeah, yeah they All right. Are. Who's, who's uh, the
2: contenders right now, by uh, them, La Paloma? art and soul taco in uh the eatery
1: <laughs> Taco Inn's gonna sweep everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so you can uh make donations until the end of the tournament on that i expect some big movement here in the, the next couple of weeks as well so all right there you go better get into our sound off caleb uh, latest, I've been uh, I've been uh, following as much as I could uh, some of the Ukraine stuff, and uh, it sounds like you know it's uh, it's still a terrible, horrendous situation um, continuing to get worse. Yeah. Yet, nonetheless, Zelensky's still there. Kiev is still is still standing under Ukrainian control at this point. Um, but it, it appears the Russian strategy is is changing just a little bit. Officials now
6: say there's house-to-house fighting in the port city of Mariupol between Russian and Ukrainian forces. Russia has besieged the place for weeks. There's a new report of another school with 400 sheltering inside hit by Russians. And unconfirmed reports Russia is taking thousands of civilians out of the city against their will. This, as more experts are saying, this conflict could be bogging down into a deadly war of attrition. Ukrainian troops successful in fending off the first wave of Russian invasion. Now the Russians are digging in around cities like the capital of Kiev and pounding them with artillery
1: and deadlier weapons. Yeah, I mean, uh, what changes this thing? Is it just simply time passing and eventually the quantity of the assets that the Russians have against the Ukrainians slowly, but eventually sort of wins this thing over? Because... You know, I I mean, I guess that's the big question that I have. What really changes? And Zelensky is continuing to do interviews, and he's still saying, hey, we want to go to the the negotiations table. If there's any chance of ending this through negotiations, we want to pursue that. But on the other hand, I don't, you, you know, he says that, but I don't know what there is, and I don't blame him for this, but I don't know... I don't know where they're going to find any common ground at the negotiations table. I mean, um, uh, if, if Russia were to propose anything, I would assume uh-huh. it would be, you know, even if they were being, in their eyes, very generous, it would be, okay, we get these separatist regions. You recognize that, you know, we have Crimea, the the, the Donbass area, we, we have those, and Ukraine isn't going to, I mean, I don't think Ukraine no. is going to move on that, and and then they're going to they're they're going to ask Ukraine to basically pass a constitutional amendment saying they will not join NATO. <laughs> Ukraine de- desperately wants to be in NATO mm-hmm. at this point. In fact, Zelensky, I heard an interview yesterday while I was driving with Zelensky where he basically said, "Hey, uh, NATO is telling us we're never going to be a member, even though privately, even though publicly, they are essentially saying, well, we'll see, you know, if you become a member." And so, they're kind of Uh, posturing on a couple of a couple of points on this but there's some frustration there with that whole thing as well so i don't you know i don't it's just hard hard to see what comes in and and changes this thing other than a long battle of attrition that that the russians eventually i mean with with just scads of human life loss military Mm -hmm. civilians um Kids, all all of these things that eventually just wears down and, and just getting worse. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's something out there, but it's hard hard to see it at this point. Um,
2: we said last week it's very hard to trust that you can go in and negotiate in good faith. Um with with Russia, because if they're going to ask for a little bit, and right. if you give them that, they're just going to come back and ask for yeah, more. Yeah,
1: it's hard. It's hard to envision something where they sit down at the table and say, "Okay, yeah, we we agree on on these things." Because I don't. I think the things that Russia even would ask for, even if they didn't ask for all of Ukraine, are still non-starters. Again, I don't blame Ukraine for for saying that, but are still non-starters. With would,
2: would it would they, it benefit both of them if Ukraine were to whether it was pass a constitutional amendment or whatever, but to not join NATO and Russia give up claim to all of the territories that they're trying to. I, uh,
1: I guess I may, maybe maybe that, but I don't see well, Russia don't doing, see that doing that either. I mean, what, Russia is obviously Putin is obviously willing to sacrifice all kinds of things right to have that happen. Why would you stop now? Uh-huh. Essentially, for for those sorts of things. Again, I hope I'm 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 no I'm no. Uh, foreign relations expert, but it is it, it and then you've got, uh, you know, Ben sass has been kind of um, Nationally outspoken on this he was on uh, I'm not sure what show this was from yesterday. I'll, I'll find out and I'll give him credit on this but sass was on and uh, he's continuing to say hey United States needs to be uh, Be playing a more significant role in terms of what it's providing for Ukraine and so my message to the president is simple stop listening
6: to all of your advisors who say Zelensky's a dead man walking stop listening to those who say that ukraine is inevitably going to lose we should hear the president's strategy to help ukraine win
1: we should be on the side of these freedom fighters and we're too slow in almost every step we take all right um and and by the way he did also say uh, he doesn't still doesn't believe that there should be uh us or nato aircraft um issuing a no-fly zone there but he basically says continue to provide them as any basically any we have anything that shoots essentially i'm paraphrasing him but he says we have anything that shoots we need to be sending it to ukraine right now meanwhile back in the united states so i was in oil country over the course of the last few days i was in uh did a a tour in galveston bay and they had these huge huge old oil rigs yeah that were that have, I saw them and i didn't realize this learned it on the tour they've been basically decommissioned for several decades, couple, uh-huh. two or three decades at this point um i didn't i didn't know that that was the case, but they're no longer i don 't know if it's the technology or what it is, but Elon Musk had actually bought these now. SpaceX owns them, and apparently it's some kind of an integral portion of SpaceX in their plans to go to Mars. Eventually, I don't I'm know trans. if it would be a launch pad or, or what it is, but I also saw all the in all the fields, you know, the little, the, the oil things. Well, federal government now opening more doors to do more drilling on federal lands. Still really a lot of pain at the pumps,
6: especially out western states like California, where prices continue to climb. The national average just this morning, according to Triple Is $4.25 a gallon. The White House will now resume plans to drill on federal lands. It's part of the federal oil and gas leasing program, and it's happening following a court ruling that restored the ability to factor global warming into decision making. Now, last month, a federal judge in Louisiana blocked the Biden administration from using the social cost of carbon to include in that math to factor risks of climate change
1: into decision making on permits. But now, the White House can use it. Okay. Um, it was interesting. Down in Oklahoma and Texas, I thought maybe I'd be getting a much better deal on gas, but it was it was basically the same for the most part. In some spots, quite a bit you worse.
2: You didn't bring any oil back, right? I
1: didn't. No, I, I didn't. Go to the uh, gas didn't station bring, and didn't fill my, haggle. What, what were people filling gas up in bags uh, a year ago or something like that? I didn't I didn't do that, but the price was set. Coming back to Lincoln, I was like, yeah, it's, it's basically the same here, um, except for the 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 city ones the ones in the big cities and the ones that were kind of isolated on the coast they were they were well over $4 in in a few places down there um yeah a uh, big day too of course with the uh hearings for The new Supreme Court nominee, you'll hear from senators and you'll hear from her. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson will
5: sit before the Senate Judiciary Committee starting today. Though today is mostly statements and introductions, Tuesday, the questioning begins. And a big focus will likely fall on prior decisions Jackson's made as a federal judge and an appellate judge. She sided with the House Judiciary Committee as it sought testimony from President Trump's White House counsel. She sided with unions in cases filed against the Trump administration over collective bargaining rights. She also implemented a nationwide preliminary injunction over an immigration case. Jackson sits on Harvard university's board of overseers and may be asked about an affirmative action case involving their admissions policies and whether she would have to recuse herself. Jessica Rosenthal Fox news. All
1: right. One, uh, I think nonpartisan point I'd, I'd like to make is I am, I, I am glad that we sometimes I don't care right or left, but sometimes they go straight to appellate judges for these things which I understand the Supreme Court is, by its nature, an appellate court, but I do find it odd that so rarely do you look to um, attorneys and then judges who worked at the trial court level for some of these appellate court positions mm-hmm. There's because there's so much of – what they deal with in these cases that have to go with things that happen in the actual litigation at, at trial court. And um, she does have that experience. And, of course, there there are um, federal judges and, and uh, justices, uh, potential justices who are out there who have that as well. But that's one thing that I and, – and, of course, her background as a public defender, I think um is relevant in that discussion too and some see that as a positive and and some see it as a negative but it's interesting to hear especially what the republicans have to say today to kind of see what the the strategy and the messaging is going to be in opposing her and if she's going to be able to pick up any of the votes from republicans in the senate um all right let's see we've got time for um, one or two more here it looks like yep oh boy new covet variant stop uh, it. i know to, Don't even. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not freaking out. But I guess we probably should. <sighs> Probably should The BA2 variant is said to now be responsible for about a quarter of positive
4: cases in the U.S. On Vox News Sunday, Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy says there are more tools than ever before to
6: fight it. Our focus should be on preparation, not on panic. And if we get people these tools, vaccines, boosters,
2: treatments, uh, then we can actually get through waves that may come and go.
6: Dr. Murthy says
4: what is concerning to him is that as cases decline overall... Less funding will go towards maintaining defenses against COVID. Gernal Scott,
1: Fox News. Please, just let us stay. Stay. This is such a nice time when it comes to what's going on. I don't don't even know how much you probably even talked about it last week. Probably not a whole
2: lot. Uh, Probably not a whole lot. I'm sure it got brought up somewhere, but I'm going to dodge that conversation as much as I can. Last but not least... Uh,
1: on a lighter note, the weekend box office. Ooh. Oh boy, everybody's still is all the in. Yeah, everybody's still all in on the Batman.
7: Robert Pattinson's debut as the Dark Knight earned an additional thirty six point eight million over the weekend, pushing it just over three hundred million in domestic receipts. The Warner Brothers film is the highest-grossing movie of twenty twenty two and the second highest since the beginning of the pandemic. The biggest competitor this weekend was the anime Jujutsu Kaisen, taking an estimated seventeen point seven million in its first weekend in North America. What's it The Japanese film is based on the best selling manga and is available to watch in subtitles. Action movie Uncharted lands at the number three spot, making eight million. At number four, the horror film X is projected to gross around 4.4 million. And rounding out at number five is Channing Tatum's heartwarming film Dog, with 4.1 million. Mary Corsetti, Fox
1: News. An anime film with subtitles
2: got second place at the box office. I had not heard of that um, wow i 'll watch an anime series of stuff, but i 'm not sure i 'm going to go go to the big screen for the subtitles wow that 's impressive
1: that 's impressive all right six fifty four we are going to grab a uh, grab a break got news coming up in five minutes plus the effort to save the Pershing mural. Got to raise some dough here in the coming weeks. We'll find, uh, find out more from the people behind it coming up here in about 15 minutes. 654, Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN.
8: Just pretty Foster.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 60 degrees in the capital city. We
1: said earlier I've got a spot in the Loge box, a pair of people to come up and sit with me for Elton John on Sunday night. Here's how we're going to do it. Okay. If you're interested in joining me, and again, I'm going to sing, I'm going to, you know, I'll be, uh, some would see it as fun, Yeah. some might (laughs) see it as being a bit much, but regardless, uh, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to sneak in each of the four days in the show at some point in regular conversation an Elton John lyric, okay? I am then going to start a stopwatch at that point. And you will have... Oh, I want to give the streamers a fair shake at this. How many How many minutes do we give people? Three? Uh, five, five minutes
2: seems enough. Five?
1: All right. So I once I start that... Okay. You have to te- text text in to the Rickstown Recognition Text Line 402-479-1400. Just the word Elton. When you hear that. Now, if you text it during the show and it's not in that five minutes, you don't get registered. Okay? And then we're going to pick somebody out of... Uh, and you if you do it multiple days... Better chance of winning. Yeah, multiple better, entries. Better chance of winning. Okay, so listen, if you hear... Hey, that sounds like a Nelton John lyric. You got to get within that five-minute limit. We will start it right from the time I say it on there. So you streamers will have a shot. You over-the-air people will have more than a shot as well. But you got to be... I'm going to be sneaky about getting it in there. 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.
4: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
5: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
9: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly. Auto Parts. All right,
1: it's seven eleven, sixty 60 degrees windy in the capital city. Well... Over the years here in Lincoln, like many of you, I've uh, I've spent days going into the uh, state basketball tournament to go watch Caleb Henry play basketball, the Shrine Circus, the WWF superstars coming to Lincoln, uh, a, a smattering of concerts that I've been to over the years, walking up to Pershing Center formerly Pershing Auditorium, and uh, seen that mural as I walked in, and there have been a lot of questions, well, there have been a lot of questions for a long time about what's happened with Pershing and that land site in general. That has been an evergreen topic on this show for about as long as I remember, But also one about the uh, mural there that uh, has a lot of histories rooted in Nebraska, and a lot of people are passionate about saving that, including my guest right now, Liz Shea McCoy, joins me. Good morning, Liz. How are you doing today?
8: I'm great. How are you? Good to have you with us. Oh, this is so amazing. Such a great opportunity. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, so... Um, I think people probably know, but maybe not though. But there have been a lot of been a lot of conversations about the mural, and you've been an advocate for public arts in the past. You continue to do that here in Lincoln, and you have been uh, side, kind of doing some investigating and trying to figure out exactly can this be saved, how can it be saved, and what do we need to do to save this. Take us through a little bit of a, a timeline, I guess, leading up to the moment that we're at right now.
8: Well, I think the first article about, uh, is Pershing mural worth saving was back in 2014. And it was an article written by Nancy Hicks that, uh, there's been years of discussion about what to do with Pershing. Is a mural worth saving? Well, the reality, uh, really became crystal clear last summer that the mural would be coming down along with Pershing Mm -hmm. in in a very short period of time. So my thought went forward with finding just a few passionate people. Sometimes you get more work done with a smaller committee. And we rallied our troops and uh, went forward to see You know, you have to go through the hoops. You have to uh, learn what you do when. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the first things we needed to do was a feasibility study to see if, first of all, was it uh, actually possible? Is it even
1: possible? Yeah.
8: To bring down that huge mural. And Uh, recreate it. Yeah. Yes. And then the second thing was if there was uh, any sort of asbestos in the mural, that would be a done deal because mm-hmm. nobody would want to take a mural that right. had asbestos in it. Feasibility st- turned out very positive. And we found out we could safely remove the mural. In the test done, there was no asbestos. We went ahead and found a contractor that uh, Mike McCullough, MTZ contractors, could take down the mural, clean each one of the over 700,000 tiles. Oh gosh. Restore the areas that are missing because the little tiles you can even find. Time happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then transport the mural. To a new location in Lincoln so it could be continued to be enjoyed right however so in that case we've been working with the uh, Ag Society Board at the uh, Lancaster Event Center what better place to have an amazing mural in their green space um, but we're still working with them we're very close to having them agree to having the mural and then uh, so now we needed to get all of these things set up in order to initiate a fundraising campaign, which started March 1st to, uh, not only raise the money necessary for those three processes, but to also build an, an endowment for future maintenance. Right. So the total amount is $3 million and that includes the endowment. Okay. And we, we are, um, we're really positive because we're counting on the memories of that building, and and my memories go back to the Harlem Globe Trotters, yeah. um, Pancake Feeds. Oh, that's
1: right! I would. We did a show out of the. We did a show out of the basement in Pershing when I first started here at one of those those pancake feeds. Exactly. I forgot About that. Exactly. One. Yeah. I
8: even ice skated as a little girl yeah. in Pershing. Uh, baccalaureates happened back in those days as a high school uh, graduate i graduated as many 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 have continued from when i graduated yep. uh at pershing and um then of course the john tenber concert everybody has a memory yeah of pershing yeah everybody and if everybody who feels that passion about Maybe even a keen time dance, whatever they experienced back in the day up until now, when you look up at that mural, those memories will come back. And to bring that mural down to eye level so you really can appreciate the geography that's of Nebraska that's built into the mural, it's not just figures, you know, playful, dramatic. Circus Clowns, whatever you remember of that mural, it's much more than that.
1: Right. So the, so the idea at, 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 with the Ag Society and the Event Center is, is to bring it to a, di- a different perspective where you could get closer to it at eye level and probably look at it a different way than you might have for decades.
8: Exactly. Okay. What we want to do is build a plaza in front of it with maybe some chairs, benches, picnic tables for families. So they can look up at the mural, which would be brought down, as I said, closer to eye level, mm. and talk about what they see. Bring educators in their classes out there as a springboard for creativity. All of the arts are a part of that mural, visual, performing, theater, Dance, Yeah. All of of those are in that mural.
1: And so the money is one thing, and then I suppose the other thing is the timing with this because the city is, it took a while, but the city's ready to move, I guess, now with this thing. So what does that mean for this effort?
8: It puts a lot of pressure on us um, because what we have to do is during March and April is raise that Herculean amount of money, three... $3 million. But but then what what we need are two months for MTZ contractors to take down the mural. Mm -hmm. That's a two-month process. And then the next step for the city is to rope off Pershing and start asbestos removal of the building. And then they will be uh, ready to... Uh, destroy Pershing
1: right and and move on so that gives you a, t- a tight window to raise the money now how are you gonna go about how are you gonna go about doing that part of it is being here with me today but how do you go about doing something like well that?
8: what I've been what the way I always start my project is write a lot of press releases and I need to set the foundation that and and hope people read those press releases because it really explains our effort. Um, then the next step for me is what I'm doing today mm-hmm. uh, is getting uh, getting on the radio or TV Any way I can get the word out um, to people um, and then uh, then today I'm hand delivering some packets of information to possible donors Mm -hmm. and once again put the information in front of them and know if i handle liver something that means there's some pressure to get this done quickly right and um so anyway i will my heart and soul is in this project yeah and i knowing nebraskans the way i do as a fellow nebraskan I have great confidence that we can do this.
1: Yeah, but and, and not to over traumatize it, but I mean, but you're telling me you've got a month and what ten days? A month and ten days to save it, right? And don't get to the dollars; it's not going to be the the city. Nobody's necessarily swooping in to. This is a completely fund fundraise or a philanthropic philanthropic project, not a government project. Right? Exactly.
8: Um, we're not getting any money from the, the city, of course. What what we did and we knew this from the beginning uh, we know that there's lots of efforts to to for people to find money for whatever they need but to me this is an iconic part of nebraska's history and uh, but that's what art is and if we don't start preserving our history then then the city doesn't have any grassroots uh, knowledge of what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. It's just taking down buildings and putting up things that, you know, I know a car wash and Jiffy lubes and <laughs> apartment buildings are important, but on the other hand, so is our cultural identity. Right, right. And that's what Pural I- Pershing is.
1: You you talked a little bit, Liz Shea McCoy joining us, talking about the Pershing mural. I mean, you talked a little bit about wh- how it's envisioned out there at the event center, but is that is that a it's the spot that you have is that a good spot does that play into the way that you're describing it I know you talked about bringing you know bringing students there and having it out there does that fit this this vision that you have for what it can be going forward
8: it does and the reason why is because 84th street is an entryway into our our capital city right off the interstate thousands of cars go by go past the event center on 84th but the other thing is the event center brings in thousands and thousands of uh, not, uh, participants in all they do out there and also the people that come to watch and participate in those uh, events. But it's got the green space. I want this to be in a green space with lots of room around it yeah. so it can be brought down to eye level and enjoy. So this will
1: be outdoors essentially. Outdoors. Yes. Yeah. Outdoors, outdoors and like maybe a seating area and and like you had talked about hopefully visible from the road? It will be. be. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me.
8: Well, absolutely it'll be built up a little bit so all the traffic from far away as they get closer we just didn't want it right up on 84th Street. Right. Flush because people just drive by they're in a hurry. But if it's over kind of in that south Yeah. And in front of some beautiful trees, there's a light it up, uh, light
1: it up at night. Light it up at night,
8: lit up at night. Yeah. And, um, so it's, you just don't drive by it and you can go over there with your families, sit in front of it. Instead of looking at your phones or a TV, you look up at the mural and your families start talking about what they see.
1: Yeah. And they, and they talk about, and, and again, talk about the. I think everybody who's listening today, I know Caleb has them. I've got them. I've got people texting in who have those memories of, of that too. Somebody just said my dad won a state wrestling title there, and he reminds me of it every day. Those sorts of things. So. Well,
8: and one of our committee members, uh, General Roger Lemke, uh, you know, he he was from Tecumseh, Nebraska, or Tecumseh, Nebraska, right. or was it Tecumseh? Anyway, <laughs> he uh, he'll forgive you. <laughs> he he remembers coming to those wrestling. Yeah tournaments and uh he's on our committee because of the memories and then the reality of how beautiful that mural yeah. is and uh you know it was created in the 50s it's been there for all these years and it, it's just worth saving so if
1: anybody wants to write you a three million dollar check where do they send it
8: <laughs> <laughs> well we're working with the state nebraska state historical society foundation and you can send your checks to the, the foundation. And um, really, uh, the sooner the better. Just think of those memories. Think of preserving a piece of Nebraska's iconic heritage. And that mural is just exactly what that okay. is. And,
1: any, and website, anything else people need to go? I'm out of time, but let, where do you want me to direct people?
8: Uh, both. Both. Uh, you can send your check to the uh, His- Nebraska State Historical Society Foundation or check the website. For uh, online donations at Nebraska
1: State Historical Society, and I've got foundation. here. if anybody, yeah, foundation. And if anybody can't find it, just text me, and I'll get it to you. Thank you, Liz. Thank I appreciate you so it. We'll talk, much. We'll check in again maybe next month. All right. I would
8: love that. Sounds good. Thank you. There you go
1: Liz Shea. Show, excuse me, Liz Shay McCoy. We're all stumbling over our words today. It's seven twenty-five, <laughs> telling K today with Jack and
0: friends on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is fourteen hundred
5: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
9: You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
0: Auto parts.
9: All
1: right, without any further ado, let's get a start with.
0: Number five. A
3: supporter of Congressman Jeff Fortenberry says he acted as a middleman in a plot to funnel $30,000 from a Nigerian-born billionaire to the Republican lawmakers' re-election campaign by using straw donors. Tufik Baklani told a federal jury on the third day of Fortenberry's trial in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles he received the funds from the son of a businessman, Gilbert Shiguri. He testified he then gave the cash to an L.A.-based doctor to distribute for the 2016 Fortenberry fundraiser that they were having in Los Angeles the uh, congressman facing allegations he lied to fe- federal investigators about the illegal contributions of course he denies that
1: well and 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 i haven't had a chance to be honest to, to follow this trial closely i'm going to in the in the next few days so i can hopefully give a little bit more insight in it but that's essentially background that we essentially knew i mean that had been reported with this That. And of course you just have to set that up to to make the case at this point what the actual moments of fact are but the crux of this case is what did Fortenberry say to investigators what did he know at the time of talking to those investigators and how do those things match up with what actually happened so this is just kind of laying the groundwork for what did happen and who knew what at the time that it happened
3: yeah you know, there were there were other congressmen and senators that received similar donations now they disgorged theirs right. to other nonprofits Port did not but, and actually asked for another fundraiser but, but right
1: but, but again the, the it is not the, the charges against him are not based on correct. that happening they are based on
3: on essentially the conversations that happened afterwards, which is i guess what what do you call it a kind of a process crime more than a
1: um no, I mean not yeah. to, I, I I'm not sure if i would i would call it that i mean it's still um, lying to investigators, yeah, 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 it's essentially that, and that's what the the interesting part of this whole thing is going to be. Of course, prosecutors lay out their case first, right? Then the, the defense comes. Um, it will be interesting to see um, if and when Jeff Fortenberry takes the stand. I'm I'm I am looking forward, just from a legal nerd perspective, to kind of following this thing for the next few days. Um, I I believe, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they think it will wrap up here during the course of this week
3: and go to the jury? It was expected to be a four-day, but the opening uh, selection of the jury took longer. So opening uh, arguments or opening statements weren't until the second day. So it'll probably be midweek if everything goes... And testimony was going a little slower than they. Had I,
1: I did read some of the articles. I I didn't stay real while I was on vacation. Stay real up to date on what was actually happening during the uh, the actual trial proper. But I did read a little bit about the the voir dire, the selection of the jury and all of the different kind of characters. And their political thoughts and, and especially, how unpredictable that they kind of, you know, you assume certain things about, about where it is, and it's not always what you you assume about these people. I mean,
3: it was... I'm, and one young yeah. lady had memory issues. <laughs> yeah.
1: she. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She was the one who said, yeah, I was smoking a lot of pot then.
3: Yeah. I was smoking a lot of weed in high yeah, school. Yeah. Um, so,
1: anyway. <laughs> how could she yeah. remember it? Boy, this is really coming down after all of this. This is really going to come down to it. It is going to be at the end of this week in the hands of a jury. And then, I mean, and then Fortenberry's either convicted. I mean, the two ways this can go, Fortenberry's, and I'm saying obvious things now, I get that. But he's either convicted or he's acquitted, vindicated, and then jumps full steam into this (laughs) congressional race against Mike Flood that oh by the way they've got one month of a blitz then to finish off i mean and and what kind of a fundraising boost does that produce what kind of uh i mean it if he still if he somehow threads the needle on this thing and gets acquitted and even puts up a i mean it's even close to mike flood frankly all of the times I was talking about kind of hail marys on this whole thing, uh, they they would have been pulled off. But still, a long
3: way to go before you get to if he's acquitted. To that his point. Bank, uh, the campaign will probably receive a lot of
9: contributions.
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's the thing. How are you donating? How are you donating to yeah. it before the yeah. before this thing is before this thing is settled? I mean, you, I mean, you can think what what you want about the the charges and those sorts of things, but it's in the hands of a jury now. Or will be will be by yep. the end of by the end of this week. So anyway, all right, we'll be following that here this week. I'll be uh, I'll be looking forward to paying some closer attention to
3: that. Number four. Speaking of about raucous campaigns, it's getting raucous in the governor's uh, race. Dark money coming in. Uh, ads now targeting Charles W. Herbster and Brent Lindstrom. Governor Pete Ricketts uh, admitted he and his uh, father have. Uh, donated to conservative nebraska that's the group that's targeting herbster uh the other group restore the good life is targeting lindstrom um so it's and they're bare knuckle type so i haven't seen the lindstrom ads i i saw the anti herbster ads restore the good life calls lindstrom a liberal tax and spender citing a vote supporting a gas tax increase to fund roads so that's one of their key points Wow. But um, but what we're hearing anecdotally about some of the polling shows that Herbster is still, you know, at a pretty healthy lead. Yeah. Uh, and and Pillen and Lindstrom may be kind of neck and neck in this whole thing, which,
1: I mean, th- that maybe benefits Lindstrom out of everybody in this whole thing. Oh, sure. Perhaps. Some of these attack ads are hilarious. I mean,. They're hilarious I mean they paint listen you've got three Republicans essentially that may disagree on some things but not a whole lot but you know I hear I hear the ads about how Jim Pillen loves CRT and I hear you know tax and spend liberals and and you know even though you know the then Mike flood giant advocate for illegal immigration and all these things it just it makes me laugh they're so I guess they work, but man, they're so dumb.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, but they work. They, I know that's the thing. Now, and you're talking <laughs> some some big money. Aaron Sandeford, Nebraska Examiner, uh, reported conservative Nebraska reserved a hundred and eighty-seven thousand dollars in TV time in Omaha and Lincoln Friday. They also bought ad time in Scottsbluff and Hastings. Restore the Good Life reserved a hundred and fifty thousand worth of TV in Omaha. That all happened Friday, and the ads showed up within an hour of each other. You know, I'm just looking forward to really finding out what
1: all three of these candidates really think about critical race theory before I cast my vote. I just haven't felt like I, I haven't heard enough on, on that issue. So there's a lot of talking that needs to be done on
3: that still. Well, you're not going to get them in the same room, it looks like. I, want, I don't know. After that polling,
2: uh, Pilling might change his mind. That's true. I want them all to just put out spots explaining what they think CRT is. I want them. Uh, let, let's. What do you hear about? What do
1: you think about? Uh, what do you think about the lake? What do you think about property taxes? What do you think? I mean, there's a there's a billion things I feel like that are have been. You just don't hear these candidates say much about because it doesn't move the needle politically. I like. I get why they do it. Can I we get it? why. You know, gun control, CRT, illegal immigration are at the you know the front of all of these commercials. And, but and, man, and abortion there's is so much. An abortion, but there's man, there's so. much. The things that are going to determine which of these three or or more candidates are going to be the best governor have so much to do with this, and Therese Thibodeau too. Don't yeah, don't don't forget that she's in there too. She's uh, I think maybe not doing polling as well, but th- the things that are going to separate these these candidates from who does well as a Nebraska governor and who doesn't. And let's be honest, one of these people in that group are very probably going to be Nebraska's governor. Uh-huh. Uh, the, they're not talking about those things very much. They just aren't because they don't meet, move the needle politically. But it's it's the down and dirty stuff. There's so much more than these broad uh, broad policy
3: By considerations. By the way, not here. that I want to date myself or anything, but in my lifetime CRT meant cathode ray tube, which was an original computer monitor. <laughs> CRT
1: monitor. I had a yep. few of those. Yeah, yep. that's right. Boy, but those things don't sell too well anymore. No. For a lot
3: of reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. Ukrainian officials defiantly rejected a Russian demand that their forces in Mariupol lay down their arms, raise white flags in exchange for safe passage. Troops uh, are surrounded and are uh, barraging the strategic southern port city. Uh, Russian military did hit a school sheltering about 400 people. uh, Only hours before offering uh, to open two corridors out. So this thing is really getting, they're really busting
1: things up. Here's the thing, Mark. I don't, I know, you know, um, you had the president of Ukraine do some interviews yesterday and saying he's still hoping that some sort of negotiation is possible. They're not close on negotiations, okay? It's, I mean, Russia's saying wave the white flags, drop your arms down and these sorts of things. Just turn the country over. I don't, like, I don't see, Mark, right now what can change this situation other than just a long war of attrition that is going to go in longer than anyone thought and have way more casualties than i think anybody thought about this whole thing for and i'm talking i'm talking weeks and months here i think i think
3: you're 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 probably correct with the possibilities of something happening very quickly though if president biden's trip to poland uh, and brussels this week turns a major corner with nato and they step up and say okay we're going to supply ukraine everything they need
1: well it, they also poland uh, it also wants to have u.n uh, or nato peacekeeping yes uh, whatever that means exactly but i mean let's be honest u.s is the u.s done. is not going to want to do that because no. they don't want to be directly confronting the russian military on any of these things and i don't know how a peace i understand they're called a peacekeeping force but let's be honest Right, well, yeah. At one point, at some point, it becomes an adversary to to the Russian military there. But so, if you
3: see the Russians also bringing in Syrians and and others to help them in their prosecuting the, their side of the war, there there would be I mean some cause to to have some. Everybody's going to
1: lose. E- Everybody I mean, yeah. is going to lose hugely. So, out of
3: this whole thing. Saw on the news last night just some heartbreaking. They are. are it is so bad that. The people that have survived in some of these cities, out in parks and front yards of homes, are actually digging graves and burying people uh, right there because there's no no way to get them anywhere else.
1: It's so frustrating to watch because you know that if the United States, if NATO said, "All right, screw it, we're tired of this," they could go in and change the entire thing. They could, but but that would, but I, that I, I, also changes changes everyone's you know i mean that really changes that potentially starts world war three at this point but that's russia is banking on everybody not doing that that's right and so so where is the where is the middle ground have you hit the middle ground on that or do you not need to be doing the middle ground should you be more isolationist or should you be more all in i don't pretend to have the answers on this whole thing, but that's the frustrating thing because there's a part of me like I think there are probably a lot of people that would would lo- now I certainly wouldn't want to do it if it was my son or daughter, but there's a just a part of me just that that just says eh, go in there and freaking clean that thing up right now. But I understand that's not how you make policy based on your emotions on this whole thing. But boy. well, and, and we're forgetting because it. they would they I mean it would be. It's all right. I mean, Ukrainians put together what they've done already with their military and their numbers. Can you imagine if the advance right the advanced militaries of NATO came in
3: and stopped screwing around and with air and, and and they might be able to do it with with just supplying the Ukrainians at least turn the tide. Yeah.
1: All right, we got to move. Sorry, I uh, talked a lot about that one.
3: Uh moving on. Number two. Hearings begin today for Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Committee hearings for the 51-year-old federal judge for the past nine years. She's expected to present an opening statement late in the day. The committee's 11 Democrats, 11 Republicans. They'll have two days. And uh, another Supreme Court news, Justice Clarence Thomas, longest-serving member, is hospitalized. Uh, he had flu-like symptoms, being treated for an infection. Uh, he's going to uh, stay on the cases, although he w- probably won't be out at the hospital for a couple of days. But it
1: sounds like he's going to be okay yeah, he's getting out of better. this whole thing. And of course, because of life appointments, everybody watches that incredibly closely. All right, moving on. Sorry, I don't have much time to talk about that one. Finishing Number up. Number one.
3: Nebraska basketball added a new homegrown talent to their roster yesterday. Former Lincoln East standout and North Dakota State transfer, Sam Greasel.
1: Yeah, this combination of uh, my two alma maters together, Nebraska <laughs> basketball, it's a little bit funny. This feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide, you know, my feelings about. Oh, right. About all of these, all of these things together. But I love Greece will come back. I love having a Lincoln guy. I love having somebody invested in the program. I don't. I don't know what he brings to the team. I still don't know what the roster is going to look like next year, but it does give you a little, right. a little something to be excited about. Last year, I'm really happy for he and his family. And first time a Lincoln East Spartan has played for Nebraska basketball since the late '80s, since Jed
3: Bargain.
2: Yeah, so it 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 makes it intriguing to see where he's going to fit into this lineup. Most likely, I think he's got to be competing for a starter position. Six six point guard. He can at least play guard position. Who's all going to be coming back? What does this mean for commitments? Especially when you had. Doc Sadler's not going to be coming back. Yep. Matt Abdelmassy's not going to be coming back. What is the recruiting situation on guys that maybe had a really good relationship with one or both of those coaches? Obviously, Hoyberg as well, who is returning. Um, but does, does Greasel coming in signal that there's a recruit not going to be coming?
1: I don't know. Um, it, the roster is still in a ton of flux for next year yes. for, for all of those things. So, all right, there you go. It's Seven fifty-five. We will take a break. That is your morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Fifty-nine degrees in the capital city on KLIN.
0: When you. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, time's up. Mary, Laura, Steph, and Joseph, they caught it. I threw in an Elton John lyric in there. If you missed it earlier, I'm going to throw in Elton John lyric in every day show, Monday through Thursday. You text in Elton in the five minutes. after you hear that, you're going to be registered for a drawing to sit with me in the Loge Box for Elton's show Sunday night. So if you missed those, right now, only four people in that drawing. You can get in again so listen for it tuesday wednesday thursday and make sure and text in could happen anytime in the show eight o'clock kali and lincoln
4: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time
5: and if you love the of Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular
9: price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: 810, welcome back. K. today with Jack and friends on here and hearing that music reminds me of where I was exactly one week ago, driving on Saltillo Road, headed down. Why I chose to go on Saltillo, I have no idea, but headed down toward a longer than I anticipated drive to the, uh, to the south, listening to... Caleb talked to Tim Haruza about daylight saving time and the possibility of it, of that changing and it being a legislature. And I'm sitting in my car and I'm no, typical radio listener. And I'm like, what are these guys talking about? Nothing's going to happen with that. And then lo and behold, the next 72 hours now is the Nebraska legislature, but also the U.S. Senate passed something about daylight saving time. And here I am looking like an idiot. Just blowing off my own show, good morning, Tim herza. How are you doing? Hi, Jack how are you i'm good i'm I'm refreshed, <laughs> ready to go, and just reflecting on my time being a critical radio listener
6: Do you know one of my one of my favorite things about last monday when we had the the very conversation that you were referencing almost immediately after we got the air, and caleb's probably gonna throw something at me uh, well if i were in the studio he would but he goes well that was an interesting conversation if jack were here we'd have gotten to hear about how dark it's going to be at what times of the year <laughs>
1: i have a chart if anybody wants to know i haven't even busted it out yet i've showed great restraint i think it's very true. No, we're
6: actually we actually headed down the path of doing this, like in a weird way. It happened super fast last week in Nebraska, and then I would like totally unexpectedly, the the feds are going to move toward it. Well, yeah, weird, right? When you were talking about, about it, you, how fast it happened?
1: Well, it was weird because you were talking about it, and you were like, "Well, I don't know, you know what the votes? It's got a lot of sponsors. Maybe it's got maybe this is actually going to happen, but of course, something has to happen at the federal level too." And I'm like, "Okay, move on. Nothing's happening with that." And uh, and turns out I was I was completely wrong. And now this, uh, I, what does it have to do? Go to the house? I haven't even been following it very closely since I've been gone. It goes to the house and, is it and the, signed. It, it the then school. it happens. I don't know.
6: Okay. Well, no, I mean it's a little more complicated than that, right? So here's here's the hitch with Nebraska, right? First of all, Nebraska flew through last Monday. Um, there were three votes against it. I think one, like I think three senators that voted against it. Um, a couple of not-voters, but, like, overwhelming support for this thing. 40-plus votes or whatever uh, to do it. Nebraska's version is a little more complicated than just the feds, right? So it's the feds, but you also need three neighboring states. <laughs> so three oh, states, border right. Nebraska,
9: you
1: that. Yeah.
6: also have to opt into this, which is kind of throws a weird quirk in it because, I mean, I don't know what the surrounding states have done. Um, I'm sure that they kind of talked about it on the floor last week, or I missed that, but... If you looked up a map, maybe we have, maybe there already are three states that have opted in this and are ready to go. Um, but until that happens, Nebraska is still holding
1: tight, too. Okay. All right well we will uh we'll see I guess we'll be watching the South Dakota legislature and the the Iowa legislature maybe a little bit more closely in some of those some of those other surrounding states as well um uh, so there's been a lot of talk this session, Tim, about this ARpa money what happens with it um of course the the water projects and and some of the other things. do we actually get down to brass tax on this here in the uh, in the next week or so? Yeah.
6: Uh this week is gonna is gonna kick off debate um on the ARPA proposals. Um, probably as early as tomorrow. It might be might be Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I have to look back at my calendar for sure, but um they spent the legislature spent um, almost three days last week on the budget bills. Um and the budget the budget bills are everything except for these federal dollars. Okay. Um it's still, you know, what's gonna happen with 400 plus million dollars in excess tax revenue that's come in, um, which which is an interesting kind of story in and of itself. As we look forward to the income tax cut bill that has an amendment now, a couple of amendments that are quite interesting. But the appropriations committee put the budget proposal out, and we spent three days talking about it. Two days. Uh, most of which was kind of focused on discussion over whether or not Nebraska needs to build a new prison or whether we need some criminal justice reform or a combination of both. So um, let's just say, I mean, what's interesting, what's most interesting about it, Jack, is we spend eight hours on each of these bills and there's robust debate about different pieces of it. And then the, the budget ends up advancing with strong support from the body. Um, but that might be interesting as somebody who's watching from the outside, right? It looks like people are filibustering it. They kind of are, but Mm -hmm. for, for the purpose maybe of protecting it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, if you, if you waste time or if you spend all of the potential floor time that's available on it, you can't get to substantive amendments that might kind of screw up the balance, so to speak. Right. If somebody puts an amendment out there that shifts the money around, then, then you get kind of people opposing it from all sides and, Part of the plan, or part of one of the strategies, I think, is to try to spend the time so that you can protect it from being amended in a, in mm. a bad way.
1: So, what are the competing uses for this money that'll be on the table when this gets discussed?
6: Yeah, there's a, obviously a billion dollars is a lot of money, but one thing that's kind of interesting as well, the budget the budget was out two weeks ago now, so not last week, but the week before, with the budget proposal came to the floor. ARPA had not come out, so we were kind of waiting for the committee to make its decisions and its announcements on what to do with the federal money. The The committee, the Appropriations Committee, met on last Monday afternoon, right over the noon hour, and took their final votes on what things would look like. There was kind of this frantic scramble then um, among lobbyists and senators to pass around a spreadsheet, right? Where did the billion dollars go? What do they want to do with it? It's incredible... <laughs> how fast you can spend a billion dollars, right? We've been talking about this for a year and a half, right? Everybody, what are you going to do? What are we going to so much money? It's more money than we ever had. Well, consider that you had over $4 billion in requests for how to spend that cash, um, cutting, cutting it to you know 25% of the ask. Some people got nothing. Um, a lot of people, I think, got less than what they asked for. So if you went in and you asked for $100 million, you might have got $20 million. Um, You might have got $50 million. You might have got all your money. Mm -hmm. Um, The governor had made his proposals, and some of those were kept, and some of them are changed. I think the highlights of the Appropriations Committee's ARPA budget, um, things that are really going to get talked about, $250 million for projects and economic revitalization in North and South Omaha has been kind of a rallying cry of Senator Justin Wayne um, Senator Terrell McKinney, Senator Tony Vargas, some of those folks uh, in the legislature have really been pushing for some investments in North Omaha and in South Omaha. The proposal puts $250 million there. Uh, Senator Wayne spent a lot of time on the floor during the budget discussion last week suggesting it should be more and that, that although ARPA money is great and one-time investments are, are fine, he also would like to see general fund dollars um, and state money spent on that, um, kind of out of principle, like, hey, we need to invest in these communities that haven't been invested in. So I think that's going to continue to be a huge discussion point. Um, there are, you know, obviously there's there's funding in the budget for the lake. Uh, it doesn't look like much of that money, <laughs> uh, as mu- not as much of the lake money is going to come from ARPA or COVID. It, uh, the Appropriations Committee, found most of that money in rainy day funds and, um, some general fund transfers to get some of those projects done. So the, the big thing you we've talked about, like the canal and the, mm-hmm. the lake between Omaha and Lincoln, Dragon still Lake, to Dragon get, Lake, please. Sorry, Dragon, <laughs> Dragon Lake. Yeah. Dragon Lake will be paid for with your tax dollars, not federal tax dollars. Okay. So, um, uh, but still moving forward, uh, with those things,
1: um, Wait. So wait. So is the lake gonna stuff. happen? Hold on, Tim. Is I mean, is the lake really gonna happen then? If if if
6: nothing changes, right at this point, yeah. I mean, we're gonna move forward with it. I right? didn't think it was ever gonna uh,
1: happen all, all this time. Wow. It okay. is peed up. It is it is built into the
6: budget. There's still. It's kind of like it's kind of like dominoes, Jack. Right. So the pieces are all being set up. You just kind of have to push them all over, right, and make sure there's not a gap between the dominoes when the, when one falls. So the budget is advancing. They have also advanced the bills that would make the lake happen, right? So the lake and the canal project seem to be are, are sort of tied together, it seems like, the way they've been discussed. Those are separate bills that enact and spend the money. Then there's the budget piece that funds it. It's kind of all moving together, um, and right now, all of that has been advanced from the first round to the second round of debate. There's still, like, the two more hurdles that need to happen, and there's there's also a lot of, like, you know, do people decide that they want to continue to ride the, the bandwagon or kind of jump off and do their own thing is... I- if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that it's going to get funded. Wow! It, just, it feels like everything's moving in the right direction for that to happen.
1: Dragon Lake, call it Dragon Lake, you cowards. <laughs> call it Dragon. When it
6: gets Lake. done, if it actually gets done, like the those are huge, huge questions. I think still, and there's still work to do. Um, but it,
0: hmm. it
6: is, it, it's in position. It I really position thought this made. was just
1: going to go away, but maybe, maybe it actually, it actually won't. I'm, I'm going to say something obvious here, but it's still interesting to me to discuss. Can you imagine being Jeff Fortenberry right now for a variety of reasons? Like you're looking at a situation where next next week you're either potentially convicted of a federal crime or jumping back in full fledged into a house race, potentially with the chance to raise money in a way that you completely weren't able to before. I mean, the the two directions that life could go are so wildly different based on this whole thing, and I guess that's true of any trial, but I can't stop thinking about that crazy divergence of scenarios that are possible here, all eventually in the hands of a jury.
6: Yeah, it's, <laughs> here's the deal. Jeff Jeff Hornberry's story is out there for the world. Hello, <laughs> hello. You wonder how my flood is feeling right now, right? That's true. Uh, it kind of works both ways for both of those guys. I mean, obviously, Fort Berry is staring down the barrel of some potential jail time. I don't know. I mean, um, I've heard speculation that he could be facing, you know, nine months to two years or something if fully convicted, maybe longer. Who knows? I don't understand federal guidelines and judicial discretion, but it's not. They had a very serious situation. Um, it, what's, what's, what's also, like, really tough for me or like, you know, super serious situation and the pictures on the front page of the paper him smiling and laughing, walking into the course. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'd be so cheery, but um, tough tough place to be in, however that comes out. And then, yeah, obviously, if he's acquitted, like, oof, um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that will happen for him. Um, his, his race changes drastically right um senator flood goes back to the legislature maybe i guess maybe he sticks it out maybe he keeps moving forward obviously his name's on the ballot but um yeah that'll be i mean yeah does just flood <laughs> awkward moment in nebraska politics no matter what happens
1: right? i mean i feel like they're both pot committed now to this thing at this point i can't imagine flood would get out Right, I mean, he... sure seems.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's seriously like withdraw from the race. Um, but it's pretty hard to beat an incumbent, regardless, let alone one that was, you know, or that will be or is. I mean, speculatively, if he ends up being acquitted, that was falsely accused, and that springboards a, a whole new puts a whole new Athena shine on this election. Uh, uh-huh. It's going to be an interesting week. Is it? I don't know, and I haven't followed the timeline closely enough, whether or not this thing's going to finish up this week or whether it's next
0: week.
1: I, th- I think the thought is that the, the, uh, uh, Mark was saying he thought the original thought was four days, but opening went a little longer than expected. So, I mean, I think you could have it to the jury by the end of this week. Uh, it's very, very possible, if not probable. So, <laughs> Man, that's going to be some breaking news oh, either way. Yeah, yeah abs- right. absolutely. All right. Well, we still have uh, um, you know a month and a week plus to talk about uh, which of the gubernatorial candidates uh, dislike CRT more. Their commercials will help us figure that out. I think. Um, in the meantime, Tim, good to talk to you. We will uh, check in next week, and it's gonna be a wild. It's gonna be a wild month in uh, in April. So, looking forward to having you on on Mondays. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Jack. Here you go, Tim Ruza. Say twenty four. He's right. That is going to be... When we get that message that the jury's
2: come back with a verdict on this thing... There's a lot to decide Ooh. from there. Yeah.
1: All right. 824. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN.
0: I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com. Of five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelan. Yes, it is. Dirk Chatelan
1: joining us
0: right now at 837,
1: 59 degrees in the Capital City. Of course, you can read him in the Omaha World Herald. Good morning, Dirk. How are you doing today?
7: I'm great, Jack. I I feel like I'm coming off a... a four-day bender, uh, watching all this great basketball. And and I just, the, the question that stands out in my mind, uh, to hijack your interview with, with the first question going to me That's is, fine. uh, how did you feel with Creighton and Iowa women playing together yesterday? Was it, uh, was it sort of this, uh, you know, war between two forces that you never imagined having to reach for
1: one of them before. I, well, see, I didn't so I, we were driving back yesterday so I was somewhere in, in Kansas and, and um, my wife was realizing I was getting really bo- you know, you're driving these days and everybody's got ear uh, earbuds on and everybody's on their phone and you're the only one who isn't and you know, I eventually made clear I was like, hey family, have some interaction with me. I'm, <laughs> I'm driving and so then my wife was like, what do you want to do? I was like, read tweets to me. That's how addicted i am so she's reading me tweets just basically giving me live twitter and i didn't even realize they were playing and she told me she we did that right as that game ended and she told me and so i got an in the moment reaction dirk and i'll tell you what i was thrilled i could i was i could not have been more happy to be a one-time creighton blue jay fan in that moment so those are my true stripes i'll be honest
7: it was amazing. Well, it, it does reveal. It's funny. Sometimes these, these questions are sort of theoretical, like, which team do I hate more? Uh, and Sometimes you really do have to, like, put them against each other to yeah. get, to, to, in get, the get moment. to the heart of the matter. Right. In, uh, in it, the moment. It, it reveals your, your true colors. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really something. Yesterday. There's 15,000 Iowa fans, you know, screaming bloody murder for foul calls and uh, and Creighton just absolutely ripped their heart out. I, I thought of you immediately. You would have been so proud. Yeah,
1: I. Uh, well, and then after the fact, I saw uh, your colleague Sam McEwen who uh, tweeted a quote from Iowa's coach about how they didn't get many foul calls, and normally we get this many. And we're this. Few. And all I could think about was that Nebraska game in Iowa City where the fouls were like fourteen to one going into the third quarter, or something like that, in Iowa's favor, and. Yeah, it was, it was hard not to take a little enjoyment out of that whole thing. And then, you know, the Iowa men losing to Richmond. I mean, this is, here's the thing. When your team never makes the NCAA tournament, you get to, uh, you know, you can pick a few favorites that, you know, I was cheering for Teddy Buckets, right? I was, you know, cheering for some of the Nebraska kids. and wanted to see South to go to state, do well. But, man, you can just enjoy the carnage around you of everyone else, and that's the kind of fan I've become as sad as it might be, but that's where yeah. I am because I got no bracket to cheer for anymore. I mean that it, I know you don't want to hear it, but my it's bad it's a bad situation and,
7: and i think I think based on you know Iowa's weekend uh I think it's pretty clear that Nebraska had a more satisfying basketball season than Iowa did I mean you you would the the pain of losing in the first round after this incredible big big ten tournament run and you know, Their women being a two-seed and having this all-American Caitlin Clark who doesn't even get out of the first weekend. I mean, you put all that pain together, and I would definitely rather be yep. a fan of a program that never wins
1: anything. Right. Uh, and the second-to-last game was the most joyful Husker Athletics win for me in three years. <laughs> Husker Men's Athletics, I should say. Husker yeah. Men's Athletics in three years. And it, may, it looks like I'm not going to get many of those during this spring uh, either, unfortunately. But uh, uh, but okay, so we're talking in the NCAA tournament, though. Like I don't think I realized uh, I know I, there's upsets all the time but like I don't think I realized the gravity and the level of the upset that this uh that the St. Peter school was able to pull against Kentucky and still I saw like pictures of their campus and their gym and hearing the their third assistant coach is a volunteer assistant coach like it's, jack it's insane
7: it's it's Nebraska Wesleyan beating Kentucky. I mean, it's it's not any stretch to say that, um, you know. And and like I I was looking through their schedule last night, and I was like, you know, who was this team? And and they lost to O and eight St. Francis back in December. Like I'm not sure St. Francis is even a school, Jack. I think they just maybe made that up. Uh, but it's it's an incredible story. You you always get something comparable to this, but I think this is kind of, you know, Cinderella to the extreme this year.
1: Well, and and it's been, I mean, the, the tournament's been really good. I couldn't even stay. I see that game last night went into overtime. I didn't even know. I didn't yep. stay up for that, but I had, I had no idea. But the combination of it being really good with, uh, I mean, the North Carolina Baylor game, absolutely insane. I mean, you can, there were, there were tons of them There were upsets and having like the first feeling like the NCAA tournament for three years. I think that's probably why you're feeling like you were on a, a a four day bender of this whole thing, just because it's the first time that it's felt, felt real and it's been so good. Uh,
0: yeah, you're right. I
1: think
7: I think uh, you know obviously two years ago no tournament, uh, and and last year you know while there was a tournament and there were some iconic moments. I mean, Gonzaga hit a half court shot to uh, to beat UCLA in the final four. That was mm-hmm. a pretty big deal. But it it is again we learned this back in COVID, but. Uh, it is way different when there's a crowd. I mean, it's just, there's a different environment to sports. You feel it through the television screen, uh, and I certainly felt that the last couple days. I mean, the the atmosphere uh, in so many of those games, especially... especially the last two days, I think was, was just remarkable. Um, and you know, like you said, so many, so many crazy games. I mean, every top seed had a, had a nail biter in the second round. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baylor obviously lost and the others, the others survived. And, uh, you know, the big 10 is doing big 10 things. Wisconsin lost, uh, scored a whopping 45 points, which, you know, shocked absolutely nobody. Uh, and then the SEC fell flat on their face. So there's, there's lots of, uh, you know, lots of people to make fun of along the way, too, which is great. Is
1: uh, Okay, so Big Ten loses both of its regular season co-champs, uh, loses its tournament champion. You still have two teams in, but how much—I uh, know we do this with bowl games, and I think it's the dumbest way to look at comparing con- conferences, but how much do you take out of—and just the lack of historic success, frankly, of the Big Ten in the last 20 years in, in this tournament— like does this mean that we're evaluating the conference wrongly during the regular season or is this an overrated way, overrated way to look at that
7: well i think generally the criticism stands um i think in this case it might be it might be a little bit uh you know, we might be stretching a little bit because the Big Ten, you know, they did get two into the Sweet 16. And I think if Chucky Hepburn is healthy, you know, Wisconsin probably wins. You know, Michigan State almost beat Duke. So, uh, I think the league was, was sort of what we thought it was during the season where it was really deep in pretty good teams, uh, but sort of lacked the great team. Uh, and unfortunately over the last 20 years, I mean, that's, that's really been the case quite often. I mean, there's mm-hmm. the Big Ten just, even when it has like high profile players. I mean this year it had three All-Americans, Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not like they don't have top flight talent. Johnny Davis is a is an NBA lottery pick. Uh, Keegan Murray is an NBA lottery pick, but uh it, it's just the the Big 10 doesn't ever seem to have, you know, the extraordinary team. The Arizona, the Gonzaga, uh the Kentucky, the Duke, uh they have a hard time stretching to that level and you know i think maybe some of that is stylistic uh you know the pace is generally generally a little bit slower it's generally a little bit more physical um but i think some of it some of it is just chance too you know the tournament is so so dependent on chance um that i think you'd be you'd be crazy not to attribute it to to some of that too. yeah that's
1: true it's true but i mean uh, people always you know talk about nebraska not competing in the big 10 part of the reason because they never have a a dominant big man and but you mean, look at the big 10 teams that have had dominant big men the last few years. I mean, Kofi Coburn looks like Shaq Jr. Um, You know, you go back to Luka Garza and even those, like that has not been a key to winning, at least for the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament. That hasn't played well in the NCAA tournament.
7: And I think you know, again, if you want to get back to a theme, I think it's probably just the Big Ten lacks a little bit of athleticism uh, especially on the perimeter. You know, it's just not, you don't see those those just super dynamic guards very often in the Big Ten. Um, and and I think that hurts you in the Big Ten tournament or in the N, N, NCAA tournament when it becomes a little bit more of a guard game. Um, you know, so often the the team with the best guard, you know, is winning these games because you get to the last four or five minutes and, and everything kind of goes through that player. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's a that's a big factor in it. And it's just historically not the way that the Big Ten has built you know, built its teams. Um but like I said, along the way there's you know, there's been some pretty good some pretty good teams that uh that didn't quite make it all the way too. I mean, you know, Michigan State has some good teams. They beat Zion Williamson a couple of years ago. Um true. So I think I think you gotta be a little bit careful with it. But it is it is kind of fun to uh you know, to scratch your head and and maybe even chuckle at the Big Ten's lack,
1: well, lack of success. And then, as it, a Nebraska fan, it's kind of uh, it bang your head against the wall. We see Iowa State do what they did: two wins yeah. last year, two in, twenty-two into the Sweet last Sixteen. Year. With you know a lot of that transfer model with a lot of turnaround thing and you say what 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 happened there that didn't happen here I, I'm curious obviously retooling with Nebraska over the last few days um, doc Sadler and, and I don't think these are surprises Matt Abdelmassi and doc Sadler are no longer going to be a part of the staff of course they bring in Griesel as a transfer but can you make whatever is ailing them systemically whatever is there that isn't there at Iowa State is that is that changeable with changes like this? I, I mean, I, I honestly don't. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, other than you know, you look at a head coach, it's a different head coach, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, the Iowa State—they they clearly caught lightning in a bottle this year, especially the first half of the season, and and then they hit a lull and they weren't very good in Big Twelve play, and, and have played well this uh, this you know this week. But I think. You know, basketball is such a strange game because we convince ourselves over and over that, that the gap is, is so wide. It's too wide. Nebraska will never get there. They have no chance. I mean, and and I, I was having these conversations as recently as 48 hours ago. It's like, uh, you know, who are they going to go get? Who are they going to go get, you know, that's that's going to change this in one offseason? Mm-hmm. And yet, you know. As you just noted, there are cases of this, right? I mean, it only takes a little bit of chemistry and a couple of difference-making players, and and you can change something pretty quick. So, um, I don't know, Jack. I, I think the hard part for Nebraska at this point is I, I I don't think they've really established the the foundation or the structure of of kind of a, a healthy, you know. Program with continuity and um you know all, all all the intangible qualities that you want in a basketball program that carry over from one year to the next and as a result you know I think you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall every offseason. Mm-hmm. and and I think that's going to be the case again I mean Sam Griesel is a is a good player uh I would imagine he'll be a starter next year for nebraska you know that's that's the type of guy that you want but I'm not sure it's the type of guy that you say okay this is this is the new face of the program and i'm not sure you know i'm not saying fred hoiberg is saying that but um th- they need sam Griesel to be sort of the you know the last piece of the puzzle as opposed to the first piece yeah yeah my fear my fear is that he's gonna be you know uh there's not many other pieces to go around him is is one of the There's gotta be
1: more. Yeah. One thing it does, it does finally reopen that Lincoln East to Nebraska basketball pipeline that has been closed and I think it has cost the program, frankly, over the course of the last three decades. Well, uh, a lot of people aren't and, talking and, about that.
7: And let it be said that that you um like the like the uh, sleuthy reporter that you are you know, made some veiled reference to Sam Griesel uh, preparing to announce big news um, that it may have been the worst kept secret in Lincoln. But regardless, you could have reported it with a little bit of effort. You could have put solid reporting behind it. And I instead, was... instead, you just made reference to it halfway through uh, Kansas when you were driving. Okay.
1: Okay, number Uh, one,
7: which makes me wonder, Jack, which makes me wonder what role you might have had in this process, perhaps as an agent, perhaps as a handler, uh, perhaps as as sort of an NIL intermediary or liaison. Uh, Are you are you hooking him up with somebody in your in your munch madness bracket?
1: What is going on? I have no comment. There will be no comment about any of that. The only thing I will say is, number one, I'm not a beat reporter. Uh, number two, this, again, was all happening while my wife was operating my phone for me while I was driving. <laughs> so technically, she broke the story under my Twitter account, well, to be I'm honest.
7: Pretty, I'm pretty excited with Matt Abdelmasi leaving the program. I'm very excited at the possibility of you stepping into that role. Uh, And sort of being, you know, the connection point between Nebraska and all these five-star recruits.
1: I'm available. Look, I'm available. I'm going to be at the. uh, I'm going to be up at your uh, your fancy gym out there in Council Bluffs quite a bit around a lot of good players this summer. I'll be at Kinetic in Lincoln. You know, uh, a lot of good players hang around there. I'm just saying, I'm available. I could do that on the side. Uh, so call me Trev uh, if uh, and and Fred if you're willing. Hey, real real, real quick, you mentioned NIL, I have a qu- I There was a lot of uh, a lot of talk about um, the uh, the Casey Thompson quote about people can make six figures here at Nebraska uh, with nil stuff. Like, is there a pl- is there a sweet spot in nil? Because I, nil in general, I I don't I think the players have been wronged. I don't think it's been just with some of the money has been earned on their backs so that they you know. I think they could and should get a fair share of but like there's a sweet spot to me that is somewhere on the good side is kind of a quid pro quo like if there is a a player that brings that value and they're getting you know getting paid for what that value is for an endorsement or whatever it is that makes sense on the other side there's where the people are getting overpaid where they're not providing that value but you're essentially just using it as a recruiting tool I, but is there any way to kind of middle ground that and go to that quid pro quo side more than the other side with this?
7: Well, I'm not sure I fully understand the context of the question, but, but I, I think it's, uh, I think it'll be really interesting because the people that the people, the companies, the boosters, whatever that are providing this money to make this happen. Uh, I, I don't think you probably do this very many times, uh, unsuccessfully or without a return on investment. Yeah until until you go back until you say, "Wait a second, what are we doing here?" Uh, you know I think I think it's sort of fun and experimental right now, but um,
1: so the market know, will it's, work itself out is what you're saying
7: yes that, I think that's that's the case five years down the road. Okay. Um, until then, I think it's going to be really murky and messy and uh, probably unsatisfying to lots of different people, players included by the way, uh, you know some athletes who who make a decision based on the assumption that they can make, you know, lots of money. And and if it doesn't pan out, you know, I think that can be frustrating, too. So, um, you know, this this might get worse before it gets better. Put it that way. Yeah.
1: Well, if you see uh, Sam in, fr- uh, in front of Norm's on 48th with a burger here taking a picture, don't. I have nothing to do with that, just, I just mean, for that, the record.
9: I just assumed that
7: he was going to be you know, your, your famous Amigos at 70th and A. Oh. Uh...
1: You they, they should think about that. They should think about that. Lots of opportunities there, and I can make them happen. Thank you, Dirk. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, D- D- Dirk. Dirk Omaha, World
0: Herald. 855-Telling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for The Daily at KLIN.com.